Welcome back to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan. One of life's greatest pleasures is going out into your garden and picking fresh, leafy greens, or maybe a juicy ripe tomato, or a bowl of peas. Whatever it is, even if it's a small handful of okra, the fact that it came from your garden, that you put the plant into the soil and nurtured it along the way, makes any food that comes from it so much more special. It does take work to establish and maintain a garden, but the rewards are plentiful, and there are groups and organizations that are ready to help you get started. We're going to hear from one of them today. I visited in Austin, Texas with Sari Albornoz with the Sustainable Food Center, who oversees their Grow Local program. This program is all about helping individuals, schools, and other community organizations grow their own food. Their website states their purpose quite clearly, so I'm just going to paraphrase it. The Grow Local program offers the knowledge and resources necessary for people to grow their own food in order to alleviate hunger and bolster the health of their families, their communities, and the environment. The gardening practices they teach are designed to improve and sustain the environment, and I like that a lot. I spoke with Sari, who is Program Director of Grow Local, and I asked her to start by telling us a little about how she came to be involved in Grow Local. I came to um, the Grow Local program via um, a um, strong interest in um, social justice um, and also in ecology. Um, so I've always been um, super interested in um, how plants grow and kind of how environmental systems work. And so um, a I guess about a decade ago now, I started getting really interested in um, how the local food movement kind of addresses um, social justice concerns and also kind of um, takes an environmental advocacy stance. Um, so immersed Can, myself in that. And Yeah. Tell, tell me a little bit more about when you say social justice. I think that's something that most people wouldn't connect mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. gardening. So, yeah. So, um there's kind of a term food justice that's been used recently, and that's kind of the, I guess, the um, intermediary point between the idea of social justice and um, the local food movement or gardening, so kind of like where they intersect. So it's the idea that um, everyone has a right to good food, basically, and so um, it's a part of social justice to have access to healthy food and nutritious food and culturally appropriate food. So um, thinking about, um, you know, creating a world where um, it's socially just, part of that is making sure that um, everybody can eat. Okay. Um, and so, I'm sorry, I... You were about to tell us the sort of the mission of sure, Grow yeah. Local. So Grow Local is all about um, helping people find the resources um, and the space and um, to have the knowledge and skills to grow their own food. So um, that's people gardening just anywhere, um, whether it's at a school garden or a community garden or um, at their home. Um, we want to be able to kind of facilitate that, um, that knowledge and ability to grow food. The services that you offer are education, resources, and uh, support for school and community gardens. So starting with education, tell me, tell me what that sort of part of your program is. Sure. Um, so we do um, a number of classes. Um, we have a whole kind of plethora of classes on different topics um, that are hosted at SFC. Um, and that are open to the general public. Um, we do our introduction to food gardening class, um, and that is all about um, 
the basics of what you need to know to get started growing food in Central Texas um, using sustainable methods. So it's um, a two-part class um, over two Saturdays, and um, that's where we encourage beginners to go, um, or people who have just moved to Central Texas, and we mm -hmm. have a, a you know distinct climate from some of the other areas sure. of the country. Um, and then we have our um, intermediate classes, and those are um, kind of one-off classes that delve a little deeper into specific topics. Um, and so there are things like um, a little more depth in terms of building your soil or in terms of um, fruit trees or... Um, we even have one on beekeeping, so um, kind of more specific topics there. Right. Um, and then we also do introduction to food gardening classes for free um, in higher needs um, areas. So basically at um, schools, at churches, at um, social service agencies serving underserved populations. Um, and the idea there is that um, our fee-based classes um, are helping us um, to be able to give those classes for free where they're, um, when needs are higher and maybe food access is lower for a variety of reasons, whether it's um, people not having as much income or um, not as many um, grocery stores around um, or kind of a combination. Right. So when you, when you uh, go to a school, is that uh, are you talking about schools like all the way from y very young children to high school or tell me a little bit more about that program. Sure. So that segues perfectly into um, more education that we offer actually. Um, so beyond our classes, um, which are kind of the gardening instruction, um, we offer what we call trainings, um, which are about building school and community gardens. So that's one way that we do support schools um, of any level. Mm -hmm. And um, at our school garden um, leadership trainings, um, we are teaching people how to um, everything from select a site to um, really galvanize um, community kind of support in the school community to build teams mm -hmm. um, because our viewpoint is that that community involvement and support is really what makes the garden sustainable long term. Um, so we help people figure out kind of what it takes to pull people in and, um, you know, invite them to join those teams and how those teams can be structured and how the gardens can be managed. Um, so that's one way that we do support school gardens and that's open to um any school garden Anybody. leader, it could be parents or volunteers or even students. Um, and then we do a, a parallel training for community gardens, actually, the community garden leadership training. Um, and then this year, for the first time, we're actually trying a, um, a new training for schools, um, which we're calling um, the school garden classroom training. Um, that one's in November. Um, and it's all about um, how you actually use the garden. Okay, so when you say it in the classroom... Tell me a little bit more about what what are the uh, what what are you covering in that? In other words, is it something that where you're going into um, sort of background about soils or about you know different areas in gardening, or is it basically just about how to start a garden? And well, so the school garden leadership training is about how to start the garden. The school garden classroom training is, um, when we talk about classroom there, we're thinking about how do you make the garden into a classroom? Um, because oh, gardens are okay. really, yeah, they're, um, I mean, they're amazing places for learning. Sure. Um, it's an opportunity for kids to have their senses all stimulated, to, um, to be outdoors and to be kind of observing all these different um, cycles that are happening in nature, all these different... Um, you know, species that are there, and there's so many different um, subjects that can be taught in the garden. So that training is going to be about how do you utilize this amazing resource that is the garden and turn it into something um, something to be embraced and something useful rather than um, something that can sometimes be intimidating right. um, for teachers um, who are thinking, you know, what am I going to do with all these kids who are yeah. running in all directions, we're outside, yeah. I don't know how to garden, I don't know how to use this thing. And we're saying, you can teach a history lesson about yeah. um, victory gardens. Um, just sitting outside at a table in the garden, you don't 
even have to touch the garden to be able to use it as this um, the space that makes the lessons more real and more relevant. Um, yeah. yeah. So well, that's yeah. a great idea. I like that. Um, okay, so uh, now you also speaking of education, you have, or at least I'm assuming it's related, is your teaching garden. So yeah. tell me about that. Sure. Okay. So our teaching garden, um, we're super proud of it. Um, we've had it for about two years and it's at our um, sustainable food center site, um, which we've only been at for two years, which is mm-hmm. why it's, it's a relatively new addition um, to our programming. And what that's all about is it's basically the, the site for hands-on learning um, for our classes. Um, so any of our classes that you come to here at SFC um, will have a component out in the teaching garden, whether mm-hmm. it's planting a cover crop for the building your soil class or whether it's um, learning how to plant little transplants and seeds, um, we'll be doing something out there. Um, it's also our site for youth education um, at SFC. So during the school year, we host field trips. Um, and so we're able to um, kind of do activities with kids in the garden um, and kind of teach them about where their food comes from, about the idea of a food system. Um, and then in the summer, we also work with a number of different summer camps um, to do field trips of the kids who are at the camp. They come take a visit to the garden. Um, and actually in the summer, they're also doing activities in the kitchen um, with the Happy Kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, but then beyond the hands-on portion of the um, garden classes and beyond the youth um, education um, out there, it's just a demonstration garden too. So um, one really neat thing about the site where the garden is located is that um, the city of Austin has planned um, a hike and bike trail to run through that. It's actually part of the East Link um trail system um, mm-hmm. that is slated to connect Lady Bird Lake all the way to Bartholomew Park, um, which is close to 51st and Maynard, um, which is super exciting. So our section has yet to be built, but once it is, it's going to be a thoroughfare for bikes and pedestrians, and they're going to have a chance to go right by the teaching garden. So we're being really conscious of making sure there's lots of signage, um, letting people know about these different techniques we're demonstrating Um that are um, showing how you can grow food sustainably um, in our semi-arid um, Texas yeah. climate with mild winters and crazy hot summers. So tell me about that. That's very important. Yeah. <laughs> how do you do it? <laughs> yeah. So, um, yes, water conservation is yeah. um, super important. So um, we definitely mulch all of our gardens, um, and that's on display there. Um, we have some um, water conservative watering methods out there. Um, we've got ollas, which are those. Um, they are actually buried clay pots, and it's oh. a technology that has developed in many different places around the world, lots of different semi-arid climates years and years ago, and so it's kind of being revived now. But mm-hmm. basically it's a, a pot, like a terracotta pot that's fired at a low temperature so that it remains really porous. So it's buried, so most of the pot is under um, the soil level, and basically it's watering from underneath so that it goes directly to the roots and you lose less to evaporation. So we've got a bunch of those out there. Um, We have some soaker hoses. We're going to be transitioning to some more drip irrigation, um, and we also are in the midst of planning um, a great big um, water um, rainwater collection system out there. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we also have rain gardens um, that show how you can um, harvest rainwater in the earth, so Mm -hmm. in the soil um, with lots of um, natives um, and pollinator-attracting species um, planted in those. So lots of different um, techniques. So uh, tell me the difference between the drip irrigation and the uh, soaker. Sure. So is it also using hose or is it using – okay. 
It's but it's a similar idea, which is that you're delivering the water close to the soil level, mm-hmm. um, and so you're minimizing evaporation. Um, the difference is that with drip irrigation, um, it's a tape that um, you basically set it up and then kind of custom fit it to how you have things planted or arranged. Mm-hmm. So you end up um, poking holes and inserting little emitters that let out water in certain strategic places, whereas soaker hoses just have little holes all over the entire length. Um, And so it just kind of drips out water slowly, kind of like sweats out water through its little pores um, along its length. So So it's it's just more efficient to do the drip? Yeah, some people say that. Different people prefer different methods. Um, We're... we're, we were more excited about the soaker hoses at first, but now we're realizing the rubber gets kind of old in the sun yeah. and it doesn't work as well after a while. And you right. need pretty high pressure water to make it work optimally. So that's right. why we're transitioning towards more drip. They both work. And so, and so your rainwater collection will at some point be hooked up to yeah. your hoses. Like so right now what we have out there is we have a little tool shed and we've got some um, rain barrels that got donated to us that are planted like uh painted like ladybugs um we're <laughs> finishing hooking those up soon um but then we also got a grant to um install bigger cisterns um with the gutters off of our teaching pavilion so we're excited to be able to um, harness more of that resource once we have that installed which will happen um in the next couple months you're listening to mothering earth and it's time for a break back in just a bit with sari albernos at the sustainable food center If you're just joining us, you're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan, and I'm here with Sari Albernos of the Grow Local Program, which is part of Sustainable Food Center's mission of helping people grow their own food in their own little or big garden. We were just talking about different water conservation techniques to use in your garden, but I want to move on to another part of your program, which is called Spread the Harvest, which sounds really wonderful. Tell me about that. All right. Yeah, Spread the Harvest is wonderful. Um, it's one of my favorite part of our program. Um, so what it is is it's basically um, intended to uh, minimize um, or reduce financial barriers to gardens, um, to gardening, for people who may not be able to afford the resources otherwise. So the way we do that is that we provide free seeds, uh, compost, and um, transplants, um, as well as um, liquid organic fertilizer, um, to people who um, qualify um, and the um, kind of categories of who's eligible are basically um, if you're within 250% of the federal poverty um, level um, and we have a little kind of chart that sure. helps people calculate whether they qualify there um, and then school gardens um, and also any kind of social, social service agencies that have um, gardens that work with underserved populations um, so that's who qualifies but the um, the idea is yeah we're providing those free resources um, and then we ask that people track their harvest and keep in touch so that we're able to um, you know see how they're doing but also right. um, monitor our impact right. um, and we also ask that when people have extra they share with with neighbors um, and, um, you know, food pantries if they have way extra. But um, the most important thing is that basically we're um, reducing that financial barrier to getting started gardening um, and being able to um, use that to have that ready access to the really, really fresh, nutritious food. So if a person wanted to take part in that, would they have to have their own um, piece of land in order to begin the garden? Or is is that something, you know, where they could get a plot here at the SFC? That's a great question. Um, So 
It doesn't matter where they're gardening, um, and they could be gardening um, as part of a school garden, um, or they could okay. have a home garden. Maybe they just have a little balcony garden with some pots, um, or maybe they have a plot at um, one of the many community gardens in Austin. Um, and you did mention that there is a community garden right next to the teaching garden here at SFC, so that's true too. That's the St. David's Foundation Community Garden. Um, and so um, if you live um, nearby to kind of the MLK right. and airport area, that might be a convenient garden um, to get a plot at. But there's also um, several community gardens, um, actually 50 plus community gardens in Austin. Um, right? And so, yeah, so um, people who have plots at community gardens, mm -hmm. um, if they're eligible, they can sign up as well. Wow. So, uh, and the gardening methods that you're teaching are organic. Mm -hmm. um, why is that important, do you think? So we are um, all about teaching organic gardening, um, which is because um, it's um, we are um, an organization with a mission um, to cultivate a healthy community. That's at the core of our mission. And so um, cultivating a healthy community means um, helping people have access to food that hasn't been treated with chemicals. Um, we think that that's bad for our health. Um, Many times, conventional agriculture involves, you know, using pretty pretty scary chemicals, and um, and and we maintain that that's not not good for us. Um, but it's also um, better for the earth to use organic methods, um, and so that principle of sustainability is really um, core for us as well. So, um, conventional agriculture uses um, petroleum-based um, inputs like synthetic fertilizers and pesticides, which are drawing on a non-renewable resource. Um, and then there's also um, pretty negative impacts on um, on the environment from that. Things like um, depletion of our topsoil, um, runoff of lots of um, nitrogen-heavy materials that can cause things like algal bloom, um, blooms in um, the Gulf of Mexico and other places, sure. um, pretty negative impacts. Um, and then conversely, um, organic gardening is all about um, emulating nature's systems um, and, and um, modeling um, the gardening kind of system after that. So working with instead of against nature. Um, and foundational to organic gardening is the idea of healthy, alive soil. Um, so instead of depleting topsoil, which is such a vital resource, a lot of people don't realize that it's such a vital resource. It's actually the International Year of the Soil this year, so we should all celebrate the really? soil. Yeah. <laughs> um, and um, it's so important to our, lively, our, our lives um, yeah. as humans on this planet. So um, a gardening method that builds that is, we, we're all about that. Um, right. So. Um, yeah, and then moving from there. So healthy soil, healthy alive soil full of little microbes and earthworms doing all their symbiotic things um, supports a healthy garden. So um, we think it's, um, and it is, sustainable and effective and um, and just a great method to be using. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. I didn't realize it was the year of... The year of soil? It's the international year of the soil. Um, I'm not, I don't... It's living my mind right now what entity declared wow. it that. Um, yeah. But it... It, it's Googleable, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Well, that's good to hear. Uh, some years ago, I did a, a video about soil. Nice. About improving soil, you know, organically. Nice. So nice. Uh, I didn't know that. Um, all right. So if you wanted to inspire people to come to your classes, mm -hmm. um, what can you tell them to uh, kind of entice them to go sign up? Yeah. All right. Well, um, I would say, um, I mean, they're fun. Um, the fact that we um, include a hands-on portion, I think, is compelling. Um, and the reason we do that is not only because it's fun, 
but also because we think that experiential learning kind of helps you solidify your knowledge and gain confidence. So we want people to leave our classes not only with knowledge and, um, and information at their disposal to read over later, um, we want them to have done it. Um, so they, they leave the class knowing like, oh, I can build a raised bed, like I just did that, or you know, I know what it's like to mm-hmm. you know, actually plant this transplant because I got my hands dirty. So um, yeah, that's, I think that's something that should entice people to come to our classes, knowing that they'll have a chance to actually experientially learn um, right. a bit about what they're, um, right. they're curious about. And then I would also encourage anybody who's just taking their kind of first um, foray into gardening to come to our intro to food gardening class, mm-hmm. um, because it's really a holistic approach to, um, to gardening, um, to learning about gardening. So we talk about everything from site selection to sunlight requirements to um, how you build your soil to composting. Um, so that's why it takes place over an eight-hour period, so four hours on oh, two wow. sequential Saturdays. So it's a really, yeah. like, it's a hefty course. Yeah. Um, but it's because we really want people to leave there with confidence, um, with, yeah. you know, having tried a variety of different things and um, equipped with their little, you know, packet of knowledge um, that we've gone over thoroughly. So, right. yeah, it's, it's also, um, I would say, beyond the kind of experiential part of it, it's also... Um, it's a great place to meet other people who are also like-minded. Um, mm-hmm. If you know, if if you're um, excited about the idea of growing food, um, you're going to meet a lot of other people who are excited about that, and um, maybe first finding out about this whole local food movement, or maybe super involved in it. But um, I'm always struck by how people seem to enjoy um, interacting with each other at our classes. Okay. Um, so you just talked about one of the things you cover uh, you, that. Well, yeah, that you cover in your cla- in your introduction to food gardening, is uh, sort of uh, going into the kinds of requirements that you might have for a garden. Mm-hmm. Can you sort of give us a little summary of uh, yeah <laughs> what you might tell people? Yeah, definitely. Um, so, um, water is super important. Um, so wherever you're gardening, um, making sure that you have easy access to a spigot um, is ideal. Um, or even vital, I would mm-hmm. say, um, because water is heavy, and nobody wants to haul water. Um, we've seen a lot of school gardens fail because mm-hmm. of um, thinking that, oh, we'll just be able to carry the jugs, <laughs> yeah. you know, 50 right. feet, it's not a big deal, but it adds a lot of time. Um, so, yeah, having water conveniently close by, um, and then ideally having rainwater um, is even better. Um but then also sunlight. Um, so veggies need six to eight hours of sunlight per day. Um, and so it's really important to observe your site um, right. at different times of day and different times of the year, keeping in mind that in the Northern Hemisphere where we are, um, the sun is always in the south sky. So in um, the summer, it's making a higher arc and the winter it's making a lower arc. So in the winter, the shadows are going to be longer. Mm-hmm. So observing um, in the winter, thinking about you know how long is the shadow going to be, is my garden going to be um, getting enough light at that time as well? Right. And then also thinking about deciduous trees and um, maybe they're leafless in the winter and it looks like the garden's um, perfectly sunny, but um, in the summer that might be a super a full, yeah, right. quite a different scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so water, sunlight, um, then soil, so both soil safety and soil health. Um, it's always a good idea to do a little research about what kinds of activities might have taken place um, at your site previously. Um, was there a mm-hmm. car parked there for a long time? Is it downslope from a gas station or a car mechanic? Um, and there are ways to get 
um, your soil tested for heavy metals sure. if you're worried that there could be some kind of contamination. Um, if it's at a site associated with a nonprofit, the city of Austin um, is actually able to help with some free um, toxicity testing through a mm-hmm. partnership with the um, EPA. Um, so getting in touch with the um, city of Austin Brownfields Revitalization Program um, is um, an option for people associated with nonprofits um, or garden sites associated with nonprofits, um, which includes schools. Um, but then if you're a home gardener, um, there's Texas Plant and Soil Lab does um, soil toxicity testing um, right. as well. Um, and then also soil health. So looking for crumbly, dark, good smelling, like a forest floor, um, full of worms. And then if your soil is looking not healthy, you can always add compost, mm-hmm. um, plant cover crops um, to start improving the quality of the soil, depending on the scale of the garden. Um, if it's just a home garden, right. maybe it's not such a big deal, but if it's a bigger garden, um, truck access is really nice. Right. Even if it's mm-hmm. a home garden, um, having reasonably um, easy access to be able to kind of drop off materials is nice. Right. We think that it's nice to have the garden front and center because it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a point of pride. Um, And also, even if it's not visible to the whole world, having it visible to yourself um, is great because out of sight, out of mind. And if you see it, you're going to remember to go by and weed and water and and really tend to it and enjoy it. So, Yeah. yeah. You have a ton of resources on your website. Can you give us the uh, uh, website address? Sure. So we're at sustainablefoodcenter.org. And Grow Local program is, um, you'll find just the Grow Local tab. There's also a downloadable PDF on there called Gardening Resources. um, That's got a bunch of information about local nurseries, even things like edible landscapers in town. Um, So that's a great um, resource as well. You know, I'd love to hear from you. So please send any comments or suggestions for future shows to me at gardentoad at vcyes.com. Until next time, this is Salwa Khan signing off for Mothering Earth.